Smarties, today we welcome my adult client, Nicholas, to the podcast. He talks about his journey coming into educational therapy, his processing issue, his professional journey, his struggles with task initiation, and his learning of how to know when things are actually done. He talks about how educational therapy has simplified his ability to manage his time and himself digitally, and how it has given him actionable steps to know what to do when. If you are interested in working with a educational therapist or learning specialist in either one of our practices, sign up for a phone call at www.capedtherapy.com or www.myedtherapist.com. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 288 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we are thrilled to have a guest on our podcast, one of Rachel's clients, Nicholas. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I listen to a lot of podcasts and never thought I would be on one. So thank you for having me. Now you'll get to drive and hear yourself on the podcast. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. It could be like it was on your bucket list, even if it wasn't. Now you get to check it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, Nicholas, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience a little bit. Tell us about who you are and how you sort of got into my world. <laughs> the origin story. Tell us your story. I want to hear all the things. Okay, so um, I'm Nicholas. I'm 28. I have a processing issue. I don't have dyslexia technically. I sometimes say that I do, but basically I have a processing issue. I have ADHD. I also have dealt with or struggled with some executive functioning. And so just getting through school, just getting through life, even my job sometimes is really difficult. And it's this back and forth of feeling like, come on, you know, I just need to get it together. And <laughs> like, why am I not trying hard enough or all these other things? And then other times feeling like, no, my brain just does not function the way I want it to sometimes. And I just need extra help in certain situations. I am in my first semester of graduate school, which I never thought would be something I'd be doing. But here I am. I'm studying marriage and family therapy, which it's taken a while to get to realizing that's what I want to do. But I'm glad to be here now. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. So that surprises me because you're so good at what you do do. I appreciate you. But I don't think anybody in our generation thinks that they're going to be in one job forever and ever. Like Steph is on her mm -hmm. third career. So I do love what I do, but I'm so open to what could potentially come to. Yeah. That was a long way of me saying like, it hasn't taken you that long to figure it out. I will say I'm glad to have gone through the obstacle course of honing in, but I'm also happy to not be still trying to find out what it is. I mean, who knows? I don't know if this will work out yet, but I feel a lot more confident in the direction that I did before, which feels very good. Good. Can you clarify when you say a processing issue, I have a document somewhere that is a lot more articulate than I probably will be. But basically, I am very slow at taking in new information. I'm an extremely slow reader, just processing new information. 
I will understand it at some point, but it usually takes a long time for me to just fully feel like I'm confident in it. Yeah, just everything with me takes a little bit longer than most people. If I feel like I'm really quick at something, <laughs> everyone else will just already be there too. Like, I will think I'm ahead of the pack and then realize I'm just like with the pack. And not to say it's a race or a competition, but that's just what I found. Yeah, everything takes me a lot longer. And in some instances, that's not the worst thing ever. I think I think through things very thoroughly. Sometimes I overthink too much, which mm -hmm. Rachel has been witness to. And then I have ADHD, so my mind can be all over the place. And it's kind of funny when I think about it, having a processing issue and ADHD, because <laughs> my mind's all over the place, but also can't catch up in the way that I'm sure <laughs> some people with ADHD are probably just racing in a different kind of way. Totally, totally. So quick question, just uh, just to give me some context. When did you find out you had ADHD? Yeah, I've been assessed twice. And the first time was before I started college. So that was maybe like 2014. And then I had a reassessment a couple years ago that kind of was to see what the difference was between the two and, you know, what is very firmly not going to change. A few years, but not your whole life. Correct. I think that's important to know going in because I would love to hear just for a second Give me a little bit of background. Did you struggle in high school? I never felt like I was just straight out failing or anything like that. Like I got through high school okay, but I never felt like I'm a great student or I really know what to do or just it always felt like I was just kind of getting by. Yeah, you were keeping up as best you could. And then what about in college? I studied fashion design in college and went to a liberal arts school. So in a lot of ways, I still had a lot of the same, you know, math, English classes and whatnot. But I finally felt a bit more confident in that I was good at something. And I still <laughs> struggled in a lot of ways with like time management or whatnot. But there were certain classes where I finally got A's and like, the professor said that I had done a really great job or it was the first time that I actually felt some kind of confidence in myself. You were getting that positive feedback. Yeah. But to me, it's no surprise that you were getting that positive feedback in a subject that you were very interested in, mm -hmm. which is a very ADHD component. You have this ability to hyper-focus on it because you were interested in what you were learning about. But yeah, I think it was also the first time that I got to actually explore a bit more of my interests rather than high school or just, you know, grade school, everything. You're told what to take. Yeah, everything. You just have to take these certain classes, whether they're your strengths or not. I had an English class that initially I was really struggling with. I think it was my second semester of college. And one thing I will say is I had a tutor. It was called the Academic Achievement Center, and it was for students who had learning disabilities. And I worked with this one woman who basically I credit her to getting me through college. She just helped me. She was very much like a Rachel. Like she just understood that my brain worked differently and knew exactly how to get me started on things. And I remember like later in that semester, I got a 100 on an essay that I had written. And I just like my mind was blown that that was possible. And it was a teacher that I found to be hard. But yeah, it was just 
finally getting a certain level of help that I hadn't had before and then actually putting in work and like feeling forward movement was really great. And that's not to say that it was great all throughout college. Like I still struggled and whatnot, but you know, finally having some wins. You had success. Yeah. I think what you're ultimately also trying to say is like you were seeing the benefit of the effort that you were putting in. And that felt like something that was new for you. And this is sort of indicative of who I see you as too, because when you came into the practice, when you and I started working together, and we'll talk about all that. But one thing that was very clear to me was you deeply understood who you were as a learner and what the challenges were, how you were compensating for them. And We'll talk more about it, but you have a very clear understanding of who you are as a learner, which is sort of the benefit of working with adults is you have all this experience. The sad part about working with adults is there's a lot of feelings around learning and oftentimes they've been shamed a lot around their learning profile and a fundamental belief that Steph and I share. And that is a value of each of our practices is that when students can do something, they will. And when they're not, it's our job not to get punitive, but to get curious about it. Yeah. I will say, I remember when we first had our meeting, Rachel just presented a lot of empathy in a way that I don't think I've experienced in working with other people. Or I think there's a lot of people that have very good intent, but not necessarily for people who learn differently or a way that's outside of what they're used to. And so I immediately knew in just the way that Rachel talked about things, I was like, okay, she knows what's up. (laughs) Okay, so what brought you to educational therapy? I felt like I was still struggling a lot with just day-to-day time management. I think my parents were getting really frustrated with me about like having forward progress in terms of my life. Also, I had worked with many tutors before, and anytime I did, I just never felt like I got adequate help or just left the session being like, okay, now I know what to do. It just felt frustrating every single time. And I think I got to a place where I just felt very, very stuck and felt like I had tried every option that I knew of or that my parents knew of and just wasn't making progress with those options. And so I think my dad was like, maybe you need a life coach or maybe you need someone who's more specific to the learner that you are. And then I think my stepmom somehow found educational therapy, and that's what led me to Rachel. Amazing. Should we talk about how you tried someone else out first? (laughs) Sure, yes. So I think we found a couple of different options, and I kind of did, I guess you could say, interviews. Which I would recommend for anybody looking to work with a professional is find two or three, ask them some questions, even if that means that you're paying for their time initially to figure out who the right best fit is for you. Yeah, I had done a couple of interviews and there were a couple ones that I was like, they seem great, but they're not the right fit for me. And then I did a session with Rachel and I was like, oh, well, okay, she definitely seems like she could really help me. And then there was someone else that I had met with who I also thought was going to be a good fit. Long story short, no shade against them, but (laughs) I just felt like it was a lot of the same information, like a lot of the tips and whatnot that they were giving me. I was like, well, 
I've been told this before and that it just wasn't helpful to me. It wasn't the right fit. And so then I went back to Rachel and was like, hi again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I love that. What do you remember about those initial sessions with me? You just kind of helped me recognize where my deficits were or like there were things that I knew, but then you kind of helped pinpoint them and be like, okay, what can we do X, Y, and Z? And I think you kind of wanted me to get more organized initially. So I had my Gmail account, but Rachel really <laughs> showed me how to use it properly. And yeah, just kind of let setting up certain baseline things for my day to day. Yeah, we started with those initial systems. So a system for managing your time. We didn't really do a system for managing yourself physically, I think, because you're older. And we definitely went over managing yourself digitally, sort of putting everything in one place so that you could take stock of what your commitments were. Yeah. <laughs> I had like 10 different Google Calendar things. And Rachel was like, why are you doing this to yourself? We're all about simplicity and maintainability. It's one of the reasons I've loved working with you because like I would show you something, you'd be like, oh yeah, I totally get why this works. And you would maintain it on your own. Showcasing like kind of how I operated before, I was doing all these things that I thought were beneficial or more helpful for getting me more organized. And Rachel was like, you're overcomplicating this. Like, please make this as simple for yourself as possible. And I think I was kind of a resistant initially. And then as time went on, I was like, oh, wait, no, she's right. You came in with very clear goals. Really, I think the most important thing to you was like, how do I get started when I don't know how to get started? I mean, kudos to you to recognizing not just that you didn't know that you couldn't get started, but you didn't know what to do to get started. Yes. That's a next level understanding mm -hmm. that I think going into this was amazing that you already knew that. That's fantastic. I don't even know that I fully did understand that, but I think in talking with Rachel, she kind of helped me better articulate that. And then through that, again, I kind of processed it and was like, oh yeah, okay, yes, exactly. Like Rachel just put things into a very concise way where I was like, yep, that's exactly how I feel and what I need help with. And I'm going to push back on something you said. I think you absolutely knew about the getting started because I have an email from you where you talked about procrastination, not knowing how to start. You have an extreme resistance to starting and you will use mundane tasks to avoid starting, mm -hmm. like, yeah. which is very typical of the learners that we work with. But one of the things I've loved about working with you is that you are very mindful in how we are using our session time. Oh yeah. 50 minutes. We got to maximize it. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about how you sort of dictate what we're going to spend that time on? Well, okay. Initially, I think it was me just getting initial help with managing day-to-day -day tasks. I think when we were working together, I was also doing some prerequisite classes. And then later on, I was starting to apply to grad school. Right. So I'll speak more to like when I had an assignment or when we were working on grad school related things, I would come into the session and be like, Rachel, help me. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just like, not knowing how to start and wanting to leave having some kind of a foundation of when the session ends, 
I won't feel entirely stuck and can know how to move forward. And there was a period of time, I think, where we were meeting more consistently. And so it was just like, okay, this is your checkpoint. You just have to get through to this checkpoint for our next session. So kind of like breaking it down. But yeah, I would say overall, it's just, I usually have some kind of assignment or something that I have to get done. And it's me asking Rachel, like, how do I break this down? How can I leave feeling more confident that knowing what to do going forward? Had you started anything when you would go into those sessions? Sometimes, sometimes not. Sometimes it was like, I have no idea where to start. I would have the prompt or whatever it is and just be like, I don't know what to do. So you had like the classic kind of thing that we talk about a lot with multi-step projects, which is there's a lot of language on the page, but there's no real discernible, answerable questions. So one of the first things that we would often do is, okay, put everything on the page. Because I think a lot of the time, Nicholas, when you're starting a project with me, you've already thought about it quite a bit. Yeah. Because you're coming in with ideas and you're coming in with feedback and I've spoken to the professor and this is what I'm sort of gathering and I need to put all the pieces together. And there's a couple of different things. So we focus on breaking down the assignment into answerable questions, into steps, so you know what you need to do when. And I actually think you are the best of all the clients that I've had, you are the best at holding me accountable to make sure that you know your next steps because you're mindful of the clock. You're mindful of our time together. You're respectful of our time together. And you want to make sure that when we click off Zoom, you know what your next step is. So we get very clear on this is what you do and this is what you do next. And you also speak it allowed to me back. So I know that we're on the same page about it. That's a good strategy for processing speed, whatnot as well. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why she's also doing that. But I think I want to talk about two things. Okay. There's the part about getting assignments done. That's, you know, grad school and all of that. But the difference between grad school, high school, the other responsibilities that you have going on in your life. Mm -hmm. You knew that school was hard, but now you have this extra ball in the air of adulting Mm -hmm. that you are needing help with. So can you talk a little bit about what was going on outside of the classroom stuff, outside of the academic stuff that you might've been struggling with? So I would say just in terms of day-to-day life, figuring out how to manage my day. Like, let's say it's the weekend and I have X, Y, and Z that I need to do. I would just not really factor it in or prioritize things. But that was partly because I just didn't know, again, where to start or like what was an effective way about going through things. My dad, a quick little tangent, (laughs) he has dyslexia. He really, really struggled with school. And it wasn't until after college and like he kind of found his niche he started feeling a lot of success and having a lot of success and i love my parents dearly they're both very type a plus (laughs) plus people i am not and so even though my dad has a lot of similar struggles so there's a lot of overlap but even then there are still some pretty big differences in how our brains work and so i think 
there was a lot of pressure on me to make a to-do list and like all these things that worked really well for him or people like him that anytime I would do that, I'd be like, well, I'm doing this and it just doesn't feel like it's helping me or just like I'm doing the things I should be doing and things were not clicking. And so, yeah, I think going back to just like the day to day, I would make a to-do list and then not really feel like I accomplished much or outwork the job I have now. It's not a hard job, but there's a lot of like little tasks and little things that need to get done throughout the day. And I just felt like I was constantly like missing things or forgetting things. And just, I always have felt like things that should seem easy and doable have not been and kind of like beating myself up about like, well, why can't you just get through this? Why can't you just do this? Like, it shouldn't be this hard. And I've always felt just kind of confusion or resistance wanting to do everything, but just feeling rather stuck. Okay. And so how are things different now? In some ways, I'm like, oh, I things still aren't great. But in a lot of ways, they're much, much better because I think... You're focusing on perfection. Well, yeah, initially I was with having a learning disability in school or just functioning differently. There's two sides to it. One is just sort of accepting like, I can't do this in the way that most people can. And then there's this other side where you want to overcompensate and try to do things as well as you can and kind of have this perfectionistic mentality. But that in itself ends up being a huge obstacle and roadblock and kind of can be very detrimental. Like in college, for example, I remember I had one semester that I just did not get good grades. And it was because I kept on trying to bite off so much more than I could chew and try to like have these high concept things. And then that was all great and fine, but I couldn't even get close to accomplishing it. And so, yeah, I think I have a lot of anxiety. I think Rachel has helped me realize like things do not have to be perfect. You just have to answer the questions or do what is asked. And if you can do more because you've gotten through it and you still have more time, that's great. But one thing my dad has always told me, or one thing that has stuck out, he said, a good plan today is better than a great one tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and also I'm just going to throw this out there that you're saying, you know, how have things changed? Your journey is not over. No, 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 no. Nor will it ever really be over. You're going to figure it out as the things change in your life. But Mm -hmm. having that perfectionism of you should be... That things, quote unquote, should be better. Yes. I think that's been a recurrent theme in this episode and in our sessions too of, Mm -hmm. first of all, the perception that it is easier for other people. Mm -hmm. And then that it should be perfect when you turn it in. Do you mind sharing the story that you shared with me and Steph before we hit record about turning in that paper? So I had a paper. It was on some reading that I had to do. And anyways, I knew in advance that I had to get this done by a certain time. And Rachel was like, okay, we are going to break this down and... I think we had met over a couple different sessions and she was like, okay, by this next session, you're going to have done this. And we had our Google document and she was like, these are the questions that you have to answer. Don't try to do more. Just get this done for the next session. And then, so it was very like step by step, 
usually I am just trying to get things done at the very last minute and rushing and there's a lot of anxiety and stress and <laughs> shame of like, why did I see this and all these different things. But anyways, in this particular instance, we had one more session and Rachel was like, I think you're good. We just have to go over this and then you could submit it. And I was like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> and then we did. And I think literally like 10 minutes into the session, she was like, yeah, Nick, you're good. Submit it. And I was just like, what? <laughs> what do you mean submit it? I couldn't accept that I had just done everything that needed to be done. And, you know, that was that. Like, I'm so used to this state of anxiety and stress of procrastination, procrastination in air quotes, and getting things done down to the wire. And it was an unfamiliar feeling, but it was very good in realizing like things do not have to be perfect. And I can't remember what grade I got. I think it was a good grade, but the point was that this task that felt completely outside of my capability was very doable. I just needed a little extra help. Even with assignments and things going forward, I will initially revert back to that. Oh gosh. Oh, oh no. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this and this like panic and anxiety. And then like, I think I have a paper that I have coming up and I started looking at what was being asked. And I was like, Rachel was literally in my head and she's like, how do we break this down into answerable questions? <laughs> and so like on my Google doc, I literally went through and spaced everything out. I can't remember. It was like, you need to do this, comma, you have to do that. And you have to do that. And so I just broke down each thing and started writing out what I could. Turning it into a question. Yeah. And so I still have a lot more I have to do, but I guess I have some kind of a starting point, which is better than having nothing. So. This has brought up something interesting for me in hearing you sort of reflect back on this component of knowing when something is done. And Steph, I think we need to do an episode on that because we have talked a lot about how to get started on the podcast and maybe not as much of how to know when you're done. Because Nicholas, I think it's on both ends. A hundred percent. So that would be a future interesting episode. I want to kind of help wrap this up for us. So what would you tell other adults about educational therapy? And then I want to know, what would you tell past Nicholas? Yes. Knowing what you know now. And past Nicholas can be 10 year old Nicholas, it can be 20 year old, mm -hmm. you get to define that. But I want to know both components. What would you tell other adults and past Nicholas? I would tell other adults that you learn differently. That is okay. Even if you were a perfect learner, that doesn't mean that things are going to be perfect for you. There's no perfect learner. Yeah, exactly. So just knowing when and how to ask for help, you don't have to do everything yourself. So yeah, I guess what I would say is the conventional way of doing something is probably not the way that's going to work best for you. If you feel stuck, don't feel shame in asking for help. One thing I struggle, have struggled with is knowing how to ask for the right kind of help. Just don't give up in trying to find the right kind of help for you. It's probably going to be a process. And in terms of what, what I tell my younger self, I would say you are not stupid, you are not lazy, you are extremely creative and bright. And my dad has always said, 
the conventional path is not the one for you. And I think that really holds true. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And don't feel shame that you're not doing things right. Or the way you perceive other people as doing it. Yes. Everyone has their own path. Everyone's going to, you know, it looks different for everybody. And school is really only designed for a very small sliver of person and personality type and learning style. I'm saying this in a general sense, but also to myself, you don't have to meet certain marks at the same time as everybody else. Like some people get to their marks and then have no idea what to do going forward. So like, <laughs> why not take your time in figuring things out? Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> That's the perfect spot to end on. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and having this conversation with us. And we're sorry about the tech issues, but I'm glad I got to see you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Will you say our signature sign off and say, have a great week, Smarties? Of course. Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week.